Hey guys, welcome to the podcast where I share my journey writing my first novel. I'm a small business owner and entrepreneur living on the coast of Maine with my cat and my husband. Before I get into this, I would just like to ask you all to please subscribe to my mailing list. I am just going to use it to let you all know when the book I am currently writing, which is called Transitus, is ready. And the link is in the podcast description and the episode description. Just need your name and email. So I just have some initial thoughts as I get started on this editing process. I'm not looking forward to this. It's, um, it's overwhelming. And with the work that I do, it's near impossible to get any good chunk of it done at any given time. Hopefully I can have more time in the near future or near-ish, far-ish future. I don't know. I have a lot of work to do, but yeah, it's, it's hard and I, I'm in it. I'm in it for good. So I'm not like, I'm the kind of person that feels like I'm in a rush. I want to get things done. I don't want to like linger too long. I just want to do it all. It's kind of how, sorry, I'm out of breath because I just, I'm on my run right now. With my emails and my work, I get emails all night, all night long and all morning. And I would like to work, you know, a regular work hour situation, nine to five-ish, nine to six-ish. But because of the nature of my work and also my own personal nature, I don't want anything haunting me all night. So I stay up all night and I do it. I get it all done. And that's often how I feel when it comes to my writing too. I just want to get it all done. I want to be done. Not just to be done, but like, I I like the feeling of being done, feeling accomplished and not having more in front of me. So I think that's where that that issue comes from. And so as I'm doing this, I am realizing like I'm really having to take tiny, tiny bites at a time. Like today, I sat down to actually start this process and this episode might be a little disjointed because I think I'm going to just start recording my thoughts as they come to me. But today, as I'm recording this little sound bite, um, I spent some time organizing, maybe 30 minutes, organizing my thoughts in Scrivener and figuring out how I'm going to tackle this. And I was looking at some notes and where I need to go with this structure and what Lisa, my mother-in-law, told me to do. And for now, I'm going to collect my thoughts when it comes to the, the villain, so to speak, and... I didn't realize how underdeveloped she was, and the reason being is because the history of this place that they're in is underdeveloped, and as I map out my six-book series, which is different, but as I apply my knowledge and map that out, I'm learning things about filling the space in for an outline, and you can't fill in the space until you have the history, the background of your characters, and just like the history of the place. Um, that's what gives it depth and that's what gives your characters not only their motivation but it also gives them the direction in which their path is on and it helps guide that and it helps just give everyone a really well-rounded depth 
So I am learning how to think and meditate on my runs because usually I get distracted or I just listen to my music. And the last few days, last two weeks, really, I've been... I heard this advice on another podcast, the one called How Do You Write? And it was about meditation and just meditating every morning and just kind of guiding your mind back when it wanders. And I'm applying that on my runs. So when my mind starts to wander, when I'm trying to think of plot points or history or background for the book, I just guide it back to where I start, where I was, where I ended and started trailing off. And I guide my mind back to that. And I'm just using this time so that I can actually do both run and work on my book because working on your book doesn't just entail writing that's the thing that's what makes it so strong is like I've said before I haven't said a percentage but I'm pretty sure like 90% of my writing is just thinking and not doing anything else but thinking so like having that skill of like guiding your mind back to where it needs to be to think is good and I've been just so stressed out on like being able to still do my runs and my walks and being able to still work on my my stories because lately it seems like I can only do one or the other because I my time in the morning is so limited and I'm getting emails all morning and I want to like reply to them and take care of them and get them gone but I have to just take an hour or two in the morning for myself And I'm learning how to combine my exercise time and my writing time or my thinking time together. That's not necessarily where I was going to go with this, but I think those are some strong thoughts as I get started on this. And it's going to take me some time for sure. Like this is overwhelming to the max. And I knew that that was what it was going to be. If any of you are listening to this podcast and you're not, like, a total workaholic overachiever, uh, by the way, this is a new day I'm recording this on, but I'm kind of just going to continue the thought process that I was on. Please don't take this podcast or, like, my process as something that you're not doing enough of or that you are not doing good enough because you are on your own journey and... I am kind of crazy when it comes to I need to be doing something at all times. Like, yes, I have days, days where I can sit down and just watch TV all day, especially before I had We Speak as like a full-time thing. When I had a lot of downtime, most of my downtime was spent just being lazy, especially if I had my income set, like I was okay, you know. I I didn't do too much, so I guess, I guess just, um, maybe I've changed, I don't know, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not gonna go too deep into that, but I am definitely a workaholic, I work on We Speak way more than any normal person should have to work, and this is my passion, this writing project, and you know, I'm going, I'm in it, as I've said before, I'm in it, and I'm going to write this book And I also really, really just want to stay in shape as like as good as I can. I want to have strength and I have scoliosis. So it's like always a concern of mine to keep my back strengthened and my core strengthened. 
So just this journey and all of the work that I'm doing currently, it's stressful. But I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could be this incredible multitasking um, person. And I think anyone can if you are really truly motivated enough. And it's only been about a week and a half of me doing this like meditative situation where I'm going on these runs and I have a goal of doing like two to three miles every single day. And I'm actually on a day where I have to double up my mileage because I missed a day. So yeah, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> Don't use me as like a template, you know, for like what you should be doing. You should be doing exactly what you're doing right now. And you're listening to this podcast, so hopefully it's motivational for you. And just don't take it internally as a thing that you have to do this, you know? Like, you are enough. And I am sure you are doing enough as well. I also just wanted to say that my project, this book that I'm taking on, is not any ordinary book. Like, I'm sure we all think that about our own work, but it's extremely complex and it's going to kill me, most likely. But what I'm trying to get at is um, it's not really worth it for me, personally, if it's not interesting. And I think that's important to have a project that you're extremely interested in, no matter how complex or how simple the concept behind it is. And just do that. Do what makes you feel good, no matter how hard it is. Because when you have the passion behind it, that's when you're going to succeed. When you are committed and passionate and you have committed to not giving up and not letting it go, it's impossible for you not to at the very least have a polished, really great draft that you are proud of. And that is important regardless of whether or not it gets published. That is important. Um, I think a lot of you enjoyed my episode, How to Become an Overnight Success. And I mean, I have, I have a business. I have a successful business. Granted, it's like I'm still trying to recoup after, you know, the pandemic hit and work stopped. And that hit me probably not as hard as it could have, honestly. I'm, I'm doing okay. I enjoyed my break and I'm enjoying this week too because it's actually kind of slow for some reason, which is scary. But what I'm trying to say is I've got that experience and I've got that to be able to tell you if you have no overhead expenses, if you've got, I mean, if you've at the very least you have a job, maybe hopefully a job where you can sit around and think, maybe something monotonous. And if you've got a job that's, you know, paying your bills, you don't have to worry about that. Granted, yes, writing a novel and like publishing a novel has expenses, but right now you're just writing it. You're just doing the project that that'll all come later, but you do not have any overhead expenses on this endeavor. So there's that. You cannot fail if you don't have any overhead expenses, if you're passionate and if you don't stop, if you don't stop. If you don't stop learning, growing, you know, checking off the next checkpoint, you know. Um, I remember with my company, every new client was such a success. Every new client was like the next tier up. 
every time I would get a get a client that I admired that I was like reaching for the stars and I I remember jumping up and down in my Brooklyn apartment with my four roommates behind me after getting off a call talking about a brand I'm not going to name any brands on this but I was talking about this brand it was it's a small local Brooklyn brand and a lot of people in Brooklyn will have heard of it but It's when you don't stop. And each new achievement is better than the last. And before I knew it, it's almost like a fake it till you make it. That's how I looked at starting my own agency. I faked it because I was not an agency. And then suddenly I became the agency. It was me. Like, guys, it's just me. I I have a new booker. um, So it's not actually just me anymore. But they're part-time and hopefully soon to be full-time. It was supposed to be a full-time position at the beginning of this year. But yeah, that didn't happen with the pandemic. But um, what I'm trying to say, this is completely off topic from where I started. I understand that. But I know y'all liked my, my ranting about becoming an overnight success because I do have this background. And if I can leverage that background to help other people in more ways than what I'm already doing within my agency, I am more than happy to share these experiences. And that's why I feel like I personally cannot fail on this book, whether or not it sells. I will have one day, one day I will have a polished, finished book that I can be proud of that will be extremely complex. There's, um, you'll notice in the previous episode that I just posted, we talk about themes of suicide and I have no idea where that came from. Like, yes, there are those elements with one character, but then Lisa started pointing out these other elements where I was like, wow, there's actually a lot more suicide in it than I thought. Same thing with death, though I've realized that a lot sooner. There's a lot of death in my book. So it's not for like... It's definitely not for children. And like the following book series, it's going to be more of a Game of Thrones, you know, kind of thing. Not super explicit, but it's going to be more adult complex kind of themes. So what I'm saying is you do you. Do what makes you feel good. And right now what's making me feel good in this process is... So what I'm doing is I'm looking at my my structure. I'm doing the things that Lisa told me to do. I'm looking at my character who needs development, who is the quote-unquote villain, um, Lamia. And I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at her arc, and I realize that the history around her is super not there. It's just not there. And as I was going through this, I realized, I realized that, so there's this one reveal, and it's okay if you figure it out before then because it's like it's not s- such a big deal. But the one of the characters is the mother of another character, and it's a reveal. And um, what ends up happening is the background for that character is just so underdeveloped. <laughs> I was getting distracted because um, just now there was a car like creeping creeping really, really slowly in front of me down the gravel private road, right? Not my driveway or anything, but just down the road towards me. 
like going literally like two miles per hour and I was so confused and I was distracted and I was trying to talk and you'll t- you can tell I'm distracted and then I um so I cross across this gravel road just because I'm like I don't want to be like right next to the car that's being creepy and um the car goes by and it's a like a 15 year old kid with um her family so it looked like a first timer on driving what I was saying though is when I was going through the background of this character and um with Lamia because it's all connected to her she's kind of in charge of the place so this the history of the place fleshes out everybody and I realized there's a discrepancy because I've got a character who's about 50 years old says that they were you know uh, held hostage or whatever, prisoner, so to speak. That's not what, what I'm going to call it, but um, she was a prisoner of sorts 35 years ago. And she's been hiding, but then she has a child who is 17. And then I realize that's not possible. <laughs> that The child would have to be like 35. So, yeah, there's something wrong there. I need to change it. And that's, like, little details like that that I think you miss on the first try if you don't have a super fleshed-out outline, like what I'm doing with my next series, the six-book series. Um, Those are issues that are going to come up probably even if you already have an outline that's pretty detailed. Like, no matter what, you're probably going to come up against issues. So... Yeah, what I'm doing right now is just fleshing out my character, fleshing out my outlines, and I need to get into a place where I feel good about the bones. Like, I've always been saying the bones and the baby bones. I need, like, adult bones, and um, Lisa says it's there. I don't feel it, so I need to feel it, and I'm going to do some exercises. Um, It might take me a month. It might take me three months, um, but in the process, I'm going to be fleshing out some of those things that she has suggested such as like the description of this lab and the description of and the background of my character Lamia and then uh my first person scenes I'm gonna put that off as long as possible honestly I need this I need this background and this history fleshed out before I do anything but circling back around to this meditative state on my runs I'm looking forward to my runs more because I can multitask and not only does getting out for my body feel good and is good for me and like clears my head from like the work that I have to do during the day all the emails like my head is always filled with so many like this this work that I do is like very relationship driven and I've got a hundred models and at least that many clients, you know, and then like at any given time, I'm thinking about 50 of them and thinking about different, you know, like it just gets so messy in my head. So I need to go on these runs to clear my mind and I'm feeling more motivated and sticking to it, which feels good. And it just feels good to like use the run. No, to use brainstorming as an excuse to go for a run as well or or vice versa whatever whatever works like it's just better to do this in tandem and so I'm 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 feeling that and it's feeling good like finally getting this process fleshed out because I'm always like I never have a real routine but I'm always wanting a routine 
So I'm trying to like keep this routine going. Who knows how long it'll last? Like I, my routines never last, but I'm trying. So I'm finding a routine that works for me during this time, during the time that I'm starting this editing process that seems extremely daunting. And I'm going to just take it one piece at a time and just keep at it. Just more than actually working on my book, I need to work on myself and this process of me working on the book, if that makes any sense at all. I need to make sure that I can stay consistent day by day and make little chunks. Hit, hit the book in chunks, just get it done and never give up on it. You know, like I've been saying, it all ties together. It all ties together. Everything that I've been saying today, you cannot fail if you never stop. And it took me five years to become a quote-unquote overnight success. And now my company is reaping those rewards, even during a pandemic. Like it's, you know, chugging along, recovering. And you can do it. You can apply that, that methodology, that the way of viewing the world around you and viewing how you spend your time. You can apply that to anything. You can, you can apply yourself to anything that you want. And as long as you still want it and you are still committed. See, it's, it's not a failure. You cannot fail. Because if you, if you no longer want it, if you no longer are passionate about it and you don't want it anymore, it's not a failure. If you stop if you stop and give up or whatever, however you want to call it, it is not a failure because you are just saving your time and moving on to the next thing that you care about. And I never stopped. I never stopped caring. And you just, failure cannot exist. I'm sure you could apply this to like some scenario where it's like, okay, you could either like succeed or fail and that's it. But in this case, failure cannot exist in your mind as long as you are committed and you keep going. And even though I seemingly knocked this zero draft out within the course of, you know, three months, I guess... I really, I honestly still don't know how that happened, but I have so much work to do. If you listen to the previous episode, like just those three things that my mother-in-law wanted me to do, um, fleshing out my, my Lamia, uh, fleshing out the labs and writing my first person scenes, those three things alone can take me at least three months to do. We'll see. Like, I'm, I haven't even started doing any real writing. I'm really just fleshing out my history and my background right now to get to a place where I feel comfortable. And then I'll start it, and then maybe I'll have an idea of how long it'll take me, and maybe it'll take me less time with, you know, having fleshed out the background, or maybe it'll take me more. I don't know. But this is a long journey. You have to be in it for the long haul. And I think I have to keep reminding myself that because I just want to be done. I want to overachieve it and just get it done. 
but because this is like it's not worthwhile unless it's like extremely complex with like all of these I wouldn't say mini plots but just like a ton of different arcs and like two themes at at least it's gonna take me a long time I bit off more than I can chew so here is to finishing this outline hopefully maybe this week because it's really slow and then I'll keep you posted on how it starts going when I actually do something with my time rather than running and podcasting and thinking but remember thinking is literally like 95% of the job so there you go thanks for listening guys